0: Hey, really quick before we get started, please remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Please remember to go to rhitch.com resources for exclusive white papers and PDF downloads that we might talk about in this episode. And also, uh, please give me a rating. I appreciate all your feedback. That helps me out. It truly does. Disclosure, nothing said in this podcast or any of my podcasts should be considered advice. Always seek out myself, or your own personal financial advisor for advice relating to your specific situation. Hello and welcome back to the Financial Breakaway Podcast where I try to take confusing personal financial planning topics and try to break them down into plain English for the everyday person. My hope is that these conversations will help you break away from your financial confusion and end up on the right path to reaching your financial goals. I am ryan hitchcock uh, your host and i am a financial planner with high point capital group out of milwaukee wisconsin okay so today's topic is one i am quite passionate about as it actually starts to get to the root of my overall investment philosophy and what i mean by that is when you go about building or anybody goes about building an investment portfolio there are basically two conflicting concepts out there on how you do that and those are indexing versus active management now people like i said get quite passionate about one way or the other and i'm here to say that i do not like general indexing yes i said it i i don't like it It doesn't jive with me it's not for me no way now you might be saying well del ryan you're a financial advisor you obviously like active management better because it justifies your job. But I'm here to say that's not actually the root of it. The truth is that people really don't understand what general indexing is and the risk they subject themselves to because of that. And therefore, it's not for me. So bear with me, I'll explain my position and let's get into it. All right, so at the end of the day, without a doubt, my biggest job is actually managing clients' investments, managing their money. Now, to some people uh, listening, this is obviously, excuse me, some people listening, this could be obvious. But to others, it, it might not be because there are other big parts of my job that comes with financial planning, the work that goes hand in hand with the investments and the tax situations, the financial life, liquidity, family, retirement, income needs, etc, etc. But the daily work of actually picking investments and building portfolios for clients is uh, by far one of the biggest responsibilities I have. So with that being said, let's get right into the meat of it here and let's talk about the S&P 500 index. This is probably the most common reference to when someone is talking about buying the U.S. stock market or the S&P 500 because it's considered the best representation of the U.S. economy. It's made up of the 500 largest publicly listed companies in the U.S. Now you can't invest directly in the S&P 500 index. You have to buy it through an index fund slash the real name is an ETF or an exchange traded fund is their technical term and that tries to mirror it. So let's say someone goes to buy an S&P 500 index fund somewhere a bunch of companies make them most of the people see the quote unquote the 500 companies part of it and they think they are buying portions of the 500 largest companies in the US and therefore they're diversified and I'm here to say that that is actually false now yes you have exposure to the 500 companies, but that exposure is not proportionate and not proportionate by a long shot inside of this S&P 500 index fund. In fact, the top five companies in the S&P 500 account for over 20% of the index return or downfall. And I'm using data from slickcharts.com slash S&P 500 uh, that I ran on August 31st, 2021, to find this info, by the way. But let me say that again, the top five companies in the S&P 500 account for over 20% of the index return or its downfall. Now, you might ask, how is that? How is that possible? It's 500 companies, but five companies are actually making up 20% of its return. This is because of how the index is actually calculated, it's how it's made up, it's the technicality of it. It's what they call a market cap weighted index or a market capitalization weighted index. Or in English, it means that the bigger companies have a bigger impact on the return of the S&P 500. I know it gets kind of jumbled, so let me say that again. In English, it means in the S&P 500, the bigger the companies are, The bigger impact they have on the return of the s p 500 depending on how those companies move up or down in the market maybe even say it a different way those s p 500 index funds ride or die with the concentration of risk in a very few number of stocks now like i said earlier i hate general indexing and this is why it's really not diversifying me like most people might think it is by just having an S and P five index fund, S P five hundred index fund, excuse me, you're really just investing in the top couple of companies in the index with small, small exposure to a bunch of other companies. Now, I do love other index funds, though. I love ETFs. Uh, that's their more appropriate name, ETFs. There's an ETF that tracks pretty much anything you want, any segment, any weighting, you can pick and choose all of those factors. And that's my investment philosophy because I like to be able to um, use these because I can customize a portfolio more to my desired risk versus reward. And therefore I can get the best bang for my portfolio risk with more precision. So I can maybe expand on that at another time, but that's the general thought here is, The uh, index fund of an S&P 500 index fund does not diversify me the way that I would like to be diversified. So let's look at some numbers behind this concept on the S&P 500. So I just mentioned earlier that five companies in the S&P 500 account for over 20% of the index return or downfall. This is called weight. That's the weight. Those five companies therefore have a 20% of the index weight. Those companies are Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook, and Google, or its parent name is Alphabet. And again, I'm using information from slickcharts.com slash S&P 500 ran on August 31st, 2021 to find this info. So you can look it up depending on what date you are listening to this. So let me share with you some numbers put out by AMG Funds. They're a boutique investment firm. Um, they have a PDF they, uh, that I'll link to on my website. That's rhitch.com resources for you to download and take a look at it. And so what they did is they broke out some of these numbers in regards to the top companies in the S&P, fi- uh, in the S&P 500 and ran some scenarios with them in the S&P and with, with them out of the S&P. Specifically, Um, they analyzed facebook amazon alphabet which is google um, apple if i didn't say that netflix and microsoft so they added in netflix from those earlier ones and they uh ran some scenarios like i said to prove this point so let me share one of those scenarios with you that is pretty simple from december 31st 2014 to june 30th 2021 those stocks i just mentioned annualized return their annualized return was 35.07% just on their own. Now, versus the S&P 500 minus those stocks, it was only 9.5%. So, the S&P 500 without those stocks I mentioned earlier inside there, those company that index made 9.5%. And the overall S&P 500 so those stocks all added in from that time frame made 14.21. So what this is showing and proving is this is the good side of the weighting system of the S&P 500 as those companies are you know, showing that they produced a lot of the gains for the S&P 500 during those times. So it's just pretty interesting. Um, look up that uh, PDF. There's some more numbers on there, but um, I'll leave that to you. So uh, again, I'm always saying know what you are invested in. Obviously, these companies are at the top, the top weighted of the, excuse me, the top companies that I'm talking about here of the S&P 500 have driven a lot of growth and they've done very, very well. They're great companies. I'm not saying they're bad companies. They're great. But if you don't know how they work and if you don't know your risk level, then that's not a good thing. So just a little food for thought. Um, That's it for me today. Hopefully I gave you some uh, good things to think about. Thanks again for listening and until next time, be well. High Point Capital Group is located at 1200 North Mayfair Road, Suite 300, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53226, phone number 414-253-4600. Securities and investment advisory services offered through SagePoint Point Financial, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. SagePoint Point Financial is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Sage Point Financial. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Indexes cannot be invested in directly, are unmanaged, and do not incur management fees, costs, and expenses. As a reminder, Sage Point Financial Inc. and its representatives do not provide tax and legal advice. Please consult your tax advisor or attorney for such guidance.